You're listening to the Before Midnight Podcast with your host, Felicia and Jessica. Grab your Bible and a cup of something warm. We're going to chat about making the most of the magically transformed lives we've been given. So the other day I was driving to work and we had gotten to a point in the road where it was um, like a two lane street and there was a really big RV that got in front of me and there was cones in the fast lane because they were doing construction. And so I was driving and right when the cones opened up, of course, I like went to the fast lane real quick to get around this RV and this car really far behind me is like flying and he pulls up right up behind me and he's like probably a foot away from me and he's just waiting for me to get back into the slow lane and so i like put my blinker on and i was feeling a little bit frustrated already because he was being aggressive and so i slowly went in slowly <laughs> and i took my time yeah and yeah. when i looked over he had given me a very kind gesture mm. with his finger yes <laughs> <laughs> and i um my instinct was like i want to catch up to this guy i want to some, <laughs> somehow be able to cut him off you know but like kind of just from this place inside of me, I literally heard, like heard the verse, forgive them for they know not what they do. And it's kind of seemed silly to compare my little frustration to like what Jesus is saying on the cross. But I really felt like if, if God can forgive me for like a lot of the big things and if God can forgive the whole world for what they did, you know, we should be able to forgive in those little offenses, right? But it's not always easy. And I kind of was wondering, what is it about difficult people that makes us so frustrated, right? Because it's like people are frustrating, but why, what's that thing in us? It's like, man, like, what, you know, why did they do that? And I feel like for me personally, I think this is true for a lot of people, it's because we take what they did to us so personally, right? Yeah. And we think that it's coming from this place of what did I do? You know, like, and we try to think through, well, I didn't do that and I did that right and I did that right. And we make it so personal and it's like, wait, maybe they're just having a bad day, right? And so today we kind of wanted to talk about difficult people and, you know, maybe some of the graveyards in their life that's causing them to react like that in certain situations. Yes. If you couldn't tell, we are still in our spooky series (laughs) here in October. And today we are going to be talking about walking through someone else's graveyard and how scary that can be and how important it is, like you said, to remember that you are probably walking through the graveyard of their life, you know? Um, Yeah, like road rage is real. I deal with it a lot, actually, so I completely understand. And that is probably the area that I do not think about the other person, honestly. I'm like, well, no, they clearly are a jerk, right? Yeah, there is no other explanation. For sure. (laughs) Yeah, first instinct. But that is what we want to talk about today because I, I think exactly what you said. This is something that we all know intellectually, like, okay, it's probably not personal, yet we take it so personally. Mm-hmm. But really what we need to realize when we're dealing with difficult people is like we all know, 90% of what people are upset about us with or how they treat us is not about us. We know that. So then like, what is it? What is going on? And I think one really fun way of looking at it is a graveyard. And it's like, 
you're walking through the graveyard of someone's heart. There's forgotten dreams and dreams that they thought have died. There's dead relationships and relationships that have left them scarred and hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, there's wounds. There's, you know, um, what are those called? Like not werewolves, but like, like just dogs, like rabid dogs that are, you know, backbitey and, you know, quick to snip at you because they're protecting something. They're afraid of you coming in closer. And so I had that. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> That's crazy. Exposed. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, cause I think it's a really good point. You don't oh. know what's going to come up when you're walking through that graveyard, mm-hmm. but there's usually a reason behind it. Yeah. My dog comparison was like, you know how dogs lick their wounds and like they get more aggressive when we're coming towards them or something only because they're hurting. Like mm-hmm. if you try to pick up a dog that has a broken leg or something and you pick them up and they might growl at you, they might snap. It's because they're in some kind of pain. And we take that personally with people when they react the same way. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we have no control over why people react the way they do to stuff that we do. You know, even if it makes no sense, it's not fair. We're like, why did they react like that? Why did they get angry? And it's just because of stuff in their life that they're struggling with. And a lot of times it could be that we remind them of people in their life that they had issues with in the past. Yeah. <laughs> and it made me think of the episode on The Office where Holly comes in for the first time, Holly Flax. I'm like obsessed. She's one of my favorite characters on that's the a, office. That's a good character, yeah. <laughs> and she comes into the office for the first time, and Michael and Dwight are sitting in his office scheming about how they can haze her. They're talking about how she has a weird-shaped head. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you think about Holly, and you're like, she's the nicest person. She's adorable, yeah. She hasn't even had a conversation with Michael. No. <laughs> Michael is already, like, hating yeah. on this white woman. And it was because Holly reminded him of Toby, you know? It was the negative experiences in Michael's life that made him react that way to Holly. Yeah, exactly. Hurting people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so much of the time when we're dealing with those difficult people in our lives... It's so important to realize that a lot of the negativity you feel is usually coming from a place of hurt. I mean, because think about it. Otherwise, what would there be to be rude about, right? Mm -hmm. Like people are usually only rude because they're in fear, they're hurting, they're insecure. You know, all of it usually goes back to fear. Stereotypes that they believe about Stereotypes they believe usually because of fear and It's just so important to remember that when you're walking through, you know, the creepy parts of someone's graveyard, don't be surprised when things pop up and scare you. But instead of just reacting on that same level, we can kind of stop, take, assess the situation and go, okay, what am I, what did I just touch here? Mm -hmm. You know, what is this guard dog guarding, right? Like, what is this, you know, what, what's this, you know, tombstone here for you know rip this relationship why can't I talk about that why can't I talk about this person there's something going on there there's there's death there's decay there's hurt that causes of course not great things to come forward and uh I think um yeah there are just some things that we can go through to kind of help us when it comes to dealing with those difficult people and I think the first one we've kind of already said is realizing that hurting people hurt people and that you're usually not dealing with what you're dealing with, right? It's not really what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's deeper than that. But another 
A second thing that I think um, I try to do often, because this doesn't come naturally to me, even though I consider myself an introvert, I'm very much an introvert. I, I'm not slow to speak a lot of times. Once I'm comfortable with people, I tend to be very quick to chat because I think as women, we just, we kind of connect that way. We want to jump in and like, oh yeah, like I can tell you want to jump in right now. I'm like, like, oh, yeah. please let me say something. <laughs> exactly. And it's just, you know, that's kind of how we bond. Yeah. But if you're not careful and I've, you know, done this, you can kind of, I really do this with Jeff sometimes, you know. And I think because he's not a girl, so he's not jumping in with me. But I'm like, no, just jump in, interrupt me. It's okay. But he's like, you're not listening to me. And so I've had to learn to kind of speak slowly. And it says in Psalm 141.3, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I feel like that is a prayer that I have to pray over and over again, but you'll find that when you're dealing with those difficult people in your life, I mean, honestly, it's a good habit to have no matter what, but especially when you're dealing with difficult people or difficult situations to just take a moment and instead of reacting in our flesh and reacting in our emotions, reacting in the graveyard of our hearts, right? And things we've got set up there to take a step back, realize it's not about us and then go, okay, God, what am I dealing with? You know, let the Holy Spirit show you some things because you might think you know what's going on, but most of the time you don't. And we look on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart and just pray that prayer. God, keep a watch over my mouth, guard my lips so that I only speak what you would have me to speak. And we can speak life in the midst of death. We can speak light into darkness and we can be someone that actually shows this person love. Because normally, they're probably, if they're difficult, they're probably not getting a lot of love from people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was like the same with this guy. You know, I said in the beginning, like, my instinct, and I think it's like that flesh part of you that still kind of lingers with all of us is that reaction of, oh man, if I could end up cutting him off or showing him or let me prove my point, you know, if you're having an argument with somebody and you just want to prove your point. And that's like the flesh side of us. But what I've found is the best antidote to that is doing the exact opposite of that natural Mm -hmm. instinct. It's like, I want to cut this person off. Well, the opposite of that is to literally move for them. You know, like Jesus says, if somebody gives you one cheek, give them the other. Is that? Mm -hmm. Nope. If somebody slaps you on the cheek, give them your other cheek. Yes. Right? So... It's really always like when we're dealing with those things, a lot of the times we should just do the exact opposite of what that fleshly part of us wants to do. It is so interesting that you use that scripture about, you know, how Jesus said, you know, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other. And I, I don't remember what I was reading or listening to, some kind of teaching, and I never heard that story of Jesus interpreted this way before. But to me, it makes so much sense. And a lot of times we think like, okay, if someone slaps me on the cheek, I have to turn the other one and let them slap me again. Mm -hmm. Right? Like we kind of think like, oh, I need to just let them abuse me again. And I think, you know, when you love people, you are opening yourself up to hurt. So there's maybe a a level of that that's true. Mm -hmm. But what I heard, and I wish I could remember who it was, but they said, it's not so much that you're just going like, okay, well now hit me over here, right? Like I'm just your pinata, go for it, you know? Instead of that, it means no, 
choose to live through your unwounded side. So when people abuse you and they hurt you and they mistreat you, instead of living your life and showing people, look what they did to me, look how I'm treated, look at this, look at this, look at my cheek, look how hard they slapped me, right? Instead of living as a victim to how other people treat you, choose to turn the other cheek, the one that has not been slapped, right? So choose to live Mm -hmm. and reflect on other people, your unwounded side, to not live as a victim, to live as a whole person, even when people are mistreating you, you can turn around and actually choose to live as a whole person. And then you can help other people when they're hurting. And I thought, wow, like that is such a neat way of looking at that verse. And it feels less like, oh, I'm just a doormat and people walk all over me. It's actually a position of strength Mm -hmm. because you're saying, I'm so secure in who I am and how much God loves me that even when people mistreat me or are difficult and frustrating or rude, I actually am able to turn and live as a whole person and not just succumb to being a victim. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It honestly, it kind of makes me think of like being in a therapist position, right? So a Mm. therapist deals with a lot of broken people. They deal with people telling them their stories. And I'm sure therapists deal with a lot of people kind of coming at them and attacking them, you know, because they're unpacking all of their hardships, all of their broken relationships with this therapist. But the therapist's job is to be able to stay disconnected from that because they can see and look down sounds kind of arrogant, but they can disconnect in such a way where they are able to look at it from a view of I'm here to help this person and I know that they're doing this from a hurt in place. And so even if they're coming at me, they can still give them that advice that they need and like reach out, you know, and still help them. And when we were talking about like Jesus turning the cheek and stuff, it really makes me think of how people didn't really like Jesus or even Paul, you know, and Jesus was the perfect person. He never was greedy. Yeah. He never, you know, stole from anybody. He never was sassy or anything. <laughs> like Jesus was perfect. You know, he was God. And people still didn't like him. They crucified him, right? Yeah. And it really just points to the idea again that you can be doing nothing wrong, but because of I think a lot of times like for people that are hurting or for people that are walking in darkness, the spirit in us, like the spirit that was in Jesus kind of irritated them, right? Like they saw the light, they could feel the light and the darkness in them was irritated by that. Mm -hmm. So we really need to make sure that we're stepping back and looking at this from a different view instead of taking it personally. Yeah, absolutely. That perspective is just so important. I, I like that. I like the therapist thing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's not that you're looking down on them. It's yeah. that like you have an outsider's perspective that exactly. isn't blanketed in all their emotions. Mm-hmm. And yeah. man, I can get emotional when people. I mean, I don't know if any of you feel this way or if you feel this way, but I feel like I'm actually pretty good at when I feel like people are being rude to me. I mean, there are exceptions, possibly the road rage, but usually when people are rude to me, I feel like it's so much easier to recognize and I'm able to kind of take the higher road usually, but when people are rude or I feel like they're taking advantage of Jeff, that's when Mm. I feel like my just like, no, you know what? You talk to me now. Like, you know, like all my... 
I hate confrontation-ness goes out the door. And I'm like, no, let's, let's roll. I'm ready. Let's do this. You're, you're going to talk to me right now. And it's like this protective instinct comes yes. out of me. And, you know, I feel like that's how it is also with my friends or my family, but especially Jeff, my husband, for those who don't know, <laughs> don't know who that is. But I, I found that once I got married, like this other side of me kind of came out and even though I think it's it's good to address things if they need to be addressed, you know, but I sometimes I actually have to exercise it more with, with that and to oh, see it from that person's absolutely. perspective. I totally get that way with Brian. And the other day, this hurt my feelings. Like, this hurt my heart so much. My sister told me that the kids in her daughter's class told her that her t-shirt was stupid. And she was so excited. It was her first day of school and she oh got all gosh. dressed up and they told her that their, her t-shirt was stupid. And, I was and like, how old is she? And she's four. Oh my goodness. And I was like, who was it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, let me at them. Let me at that four-year-old. <laughs> so I totally understand that. Yes, it's true. So sometimes it's easier for us to kind of, you yeah. know, be okay when it's us. But sometimes when it's people we love it actually takes more effort and it doesn't mean you shouldn't say something, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. sometimes you need to be there for your loved ones. But that's also when it's really important to remember that, you know what, what just came out of their graveyard? What am I dealing with right now? And just kind of keep that, mm-hmm. keep that in our minds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So when we think about how does the world deal with difficult people? And I think a lot of people think that the eye for an eye is biblical and it I mean, it's not in the New Testament, you know, like we have kind of, Jesus has wanting to give us a better way out of that. But I feel like the world's way is still kind of stuck in this eye for an eye, you know, like I'll treat you right until you stop treating me right or until you wrong me. And then like, you know, you're out. Like a lot of things I hear in our culture talk about the toxic people that we had to get rid of in Mm. our lives. And that honestly bothers me a lot because yeah. I feel like if you just want to turn away and you want to turn your back on every single person that might have mistreated you one time, that might have you know said something negative that you didn't agree with or that didn't support your dreams as much as you wanted them right. to, you're like, yeah. oh, this person's toxic. Like I need good people in my life. And honestly, we can all be those toxic people sometimes. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You know, I think all of us need to take a different look at this and realize that we all at one point or at some point in another in our relationships, especially when we get closer to people, like I've 100% been the toxic person that wasn't listening enough, that wasn't being supportive enough, you know? So I think another part of it is just giving those people grace and Mm -hmm. realizing that we've all probably been in a place where we could have been more supportive or something. And we weren't right. Right. We, what is that quote? Like we judge others by their actions, Actions. but judge ourselves by our intentions. intentions. Yeah. I was thinking about that quote. Yeah. It's well, I mean, it, it really just spells it out. Like what you just said. And, and this doesn't mean that there are not relationships or people in your life that God is trying to lead you away from. Absolutely. And I think that's important too, because there, there may be some, you know, you don't even understand the toxicity that's there, Mm -hmm. but you know, so you really need to follow the Holy spirit on what he's leading you to do. But I think if we're honest with ourselves and we really stop and think you can tell the difference between, I really feel like God is leading me to not be so involved in this person's life Mm -hmm. or I'm hurt or offended 
and I, or I don't want to deal with this anymore. Yeah. And that is completely the wrong attitude because we are, I mean, we are like the answer for people, you know, like this person isn't going to experience the love of Jesus unless someone shows it to them. It's not just up to God. He works through us and he sends us. And that is what we're meant to be. You know, there's a really good, um, uh, it's a commentary on the Song of Solomon, which I promise it's not like the weird commentary where it's like <laughs> the I man like and you woman. Brought up Song of Solomon in another podcast. Did I? I didn't notice that there was so much Song of Solomon that wasn't those specific verses. That wasn't intimate. <laughs> that wasn't intimate. Yeah, it's a good word. Yeah. Well, it. you know, there's lots of interpretations of that book, but there's a really good commentary on it by Watchman Nee. And he approaches it more from the position of our relationship with with Jesus. And if you look at the whole thing as a whole, it kind of shows like these phases of maturity for a Christian. And it's represented through this woman who's in love with the king. And that's us. We're not the king. We're the woman, right? Okay, so... And basically, what I find interesting is the first phase is how much the woman realizes how much the king loves her. And she's just enthralled with like, you love me so much. And, you know, so much of those first verses are just about, I'm just so drunk in your love. And, you know, like you love me and I don't need to change a thing. And, you know, what does that sound like? That sounds like a lot of Christians. And it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing because we have to understand how much God loves us if we're going to move forward at all. But what I found interesting is that that's like the first phase. That is the first phase. That's so good. And which basically means that's what an immature Christian. You're a Christian, thank God, and you're you're on a growth process. But if that's it doesn't mean if you know how much God loves you, you're immature. But if that's <laughs> if that's your entire faith walk is just how much God loves me, right? It's like I am a friend of God, right? Like it's not like I am a friend of God. Like it's just, you know, about how much God loves me. And it's like that's great, but that's our starting point. And what happens in the commentary is in the Song of Solomon is she moves beyond how much the king loves her into actually near the end, she's starting to, because she loves him so much and they're so close and their relationship is so close to each other, she starts to look like him. She starts to have his heart, not just understand his heart towards her, but actually start to have his heart. And now she leaves the palace and goes out into his kingdom and actually sees the people through his eyes and actually loves them. And I was like, wow, like that's the path of maturity for us as Christians. It starts in the castle with the king, realizing how much we're loved. Because if we don't have that, we won't be able to help anyone. Yeah, that's such a positive thing. We need that because that's what builds our foundation. And that's what shows us what real love is, that sacrificial love. It has to be completely rechanged in our minds Mm because we do not know what love is outside of him. But then it's supposed to shift beyond that into, I mean, it's kind of like when, when I got married, I feel like we've talked about this before, but so much of the things I love are things that Jeff introduced me to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what happened before I met Jeff? Like, I don't understand. But so many of like the movies I love, the shows I love, the, the things that make my heart happy are actually things that he introduced me to. And it's like him and I were very different people, but you kind of become a little bit like each other. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I don't know if you experienced this. Absolutely. And I feel like people sometimes can view that as like, oh, they are losing their personality. They're just becoming that person. Becoming one person. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, 
It's not doing that out of intent. Like you're not intentionally trying to do that. It's yeah. because you find joy in what yes. somebody that you love is showing you, yeah. right? Like the certain music that I listened to, a lot of that was from Brian. And it makes me think of Brian. It makes me think of the time yeah. I met him. And that's why I love listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. So in Luke 6, 27 through 36, it says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. And it just really makes me think about when dealing with difficult people, something that's really helped me in my life is just praying for them. And even if in the beginning it feels like really challenging and your flesh is there and you're like, this doesn't feel real. I feel like I'm being fake. Yeah. You know, when we pray to God, really like it's the spirit of God that's really going to change us from the inside. And it's really his power because it says like the word is living and active. And so even if it doesn't feel like something we want to do in the moment, that is really changing us. And I've noticed with people that I'm struggling with who I feel like I've had offense from and of at first I really want to take it personally you know like what I want to do is go talk about them with somebody and if I just pray and I'm just like God you know bless them like and I really try to just live out this verse in real life it actually does start to feel like less personal and I'm actually able to can disconnect from that offense easier so even if it doesn't feel like something that you want to do in the moment it really does bring that strength out of you that god has put there and it's not really being fake it's faith right if that's who we really believe we are and if we have that power in us then like the world wants to say like oh i'm I, i can't be fake it's like well it's not fake if you really believe that this is who you are you know and you have that power in you yeah But one last tip for dealing with difficult people that I have is to be the example. And I love when Timothy says this to, or Paul says this to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let people look down on you because you are young. So how do you do that? He says, be the example. And I know for me, I have definitely felt that in my life a lot of times I think people have looked down on me because I'm young and I feel like you've probably dealt with that too I feel like as young people you tend to deal with older people who don't really want to take you seriously as a young like as a younger sibling I feel like everybody in my life has seen me as the baby and so when I grow up they still see me which I love that you know right but at the same time I think it becomes this challenge for I'm not even specifically people in my family but people outside of my family Mm. who have always seen me as the baby still see me that way and so they don't take what I say very seriously right yeah they kind of get their their box that like oh this is the box I have for you and Mm -hmm. and they kind of treat you that way but Mm -hmm. you know we all deal with that and maybe it's not that you're young maybe people look down on you because you're older you know maybe people look down on you because of your lack of education or maybe your accent or maybe where you come from 
or how much money you have or the clothes you wear. There's so many things that people can look down on us for. And I think there's a, a big part of us that kind of wants to, wants to prove ourselves, right? So when people are being difficult with us and they're putting us down or belittling us, it's so easy to want to be like, no, let me prove that you're wrong. But what Paul says is how you actually do that is not by defending yourself. He doesn't say, you know, show the church because Timothy was a young pastor. He was a young pastor of a really big growing church. And so he was dealing with this all the time. I'm sure there were plenty of people in that church who thought that they should be the pastor and not this young little brat named Timothy, right? (laughs) And so he was having to deal with this, but Paul didn't say, you know, list your reasons for why, you know, you're good or why, why you're fine. He says, be the example in speech and love and faith and purity. And I feel like when dealing with difficult people, that's one of the greatest things we can do is when they're being difficult towards us or we're dealing with a difficult situation and people are kind of freaking out, the best thing we can do is to take a beat, you know, ask the Lord to guard our mouth, guard our lips, you know, show them the love of Christ and then just be the example. And your life will speak so much further than your defense ever could. And the enemy loves using hurting people to distract us. And so if it works, if he can get to you through difficult people, he will. Mm-hmm. And so also just, you know, it's important that we realize there's more going on. You know, the enemy doesn't like them and he wants to keep them in their hurt and he mm-hmm. wants to use them to shut everyone else away from them by making them difficult. But he also wants to distract you and get you to take your eyes off of God and off of what he's called you to do. So, yeah, I've heard a lot of marriage stories where one person was maybe they were both at one point not a Christian, but then one of them does become a Christian and the other one is like annoyed about it and they're like, "Oh, you know, yeah. this is a stupid religion." And but that person's change in their life, their change of heart, the way that their actions, their kindness or whatever, just the example that they set and the influence without having to be pushy, without having to be like, you should be going to church, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, just the way that they lived out their life and them seeing that change in that person because of their relationship with Jesus actually had such an influence on them. So they never really yeah. had to beg them to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it usually has way more influence than our words ever mm-hmm. do. Absolutely. I love the quote by Philo of Alexandria that says, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. I really feel like that kind of sums up this episode. Mm -hmm. Every single person that you meet today is on their own fighting a great battle. The enemy hates them just like he hates you. And so when you dis- when you discover difficult people and, and people are being difficult with you and frustrating and rude and all those things, it's so important that we remember what battle are they going through right now? And when you find yourself walking through their graveyard, don't be surprised when things go bump in the night or when things pop up and scare you. And, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's be the example and let's stop and go, what am I dealing with here? What's going on? What's hidden below the surface that I can't see? And I think we'll be able to shine light into their darkness and give someone love that maybe hasn't had it in a really long time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We are so glad to spend this time with you. If you haven't, be sure and subscribe to this podcast because we have several more spooky episodes coming your way for the month of October. And if there's anybody in your life you feel could use this, please share this with them. And thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. 